So this morning we are going to be uh, dealing with the next, uh, covering the next section, which is facing the enemy. I think we're going through the uh, basic Christianity, the series. And uh, what we're actually seeing right now is we're dealing with a very topic, uh, the very topic that sometimes in our circles is not really discussed all that often. And if it is, it's discussed very superficially, right? If you're in a charismatic church or in an, on the other end, this probably, they probably talk more about this topic than, than of Christ, right? Um, but here, what we want to understand is that we don't want to neglect the reality that Scripture speaks to, this, to the fact, the fact that, that we have an enemy. Now, who is the enemy? Well, we're going to see that here this morning. We'll have some questions. And also, but keep in mind that even though we're talking about the evil ones, specifically of Satan, we also have the enemy that still lies within this remaining sin that's in us. Right, and so we also want to neglect and always just say, "Oh, well, the devil made me do it." Right, the devil doesn't make us do anything. We have sin in and of ourselves, and that is, and that sin is what we have to also remember that it's what we have to, it's what we have to kill, it's what we have to mortify. Now, how do we do it? We do it with the gospel. We remember, we remember what Christ did for us. We remember His works for us on the cross, and that is why we need to remember that as we're dealing with the evil one. Okay, what does that mean? What are some questions? When you hear the evil one, this, this enemy, what comes to mind for you guys? I'm just putting that question out there. What comes to your mind? Satan. What else? What about Satan? He's against all of God's providence and authority. Okay. The accuser of the brethren. Fallen angel. Uh, lion, right? On the prowl, looking who, looking who he can devour. Brother? The most powerful created being. The most powerful created being. Okay. Came to steal, destroy, kill. Okay, the author of sin. Okay, brother? An evil spirit. Evil spirit, okay. Does he have a human form? Huh? Yeah, I'm just throwing questions out there. We're gonna we're gonna handle some of these, but again, these are these are all questions that we need to be mindful because when we all of us don't come from the same place, right? All of us have different backgrounds. All of us have different understandings when it comes to evil, to and specifically Satan, right? If you come from a Catholic background or anything, if it's not really spoken about in your house, Satan is always gonna have this thing with horns and bread and with pitchfork. Right? And we have these images in our minds. And now those images, we've, got them, we've received them from somewhere. Same thing with Jesus, you know, blonde, long hair and blue eyes, right? white. Uh, this, these are the pictures that we, that we walk away with and remain in our minds. But we know that that's not, it's very unlikely that that's what Jesus looked like. He was a Norwegian. Okay? So what, what do we do? So Satan, again, it's the same thing. So where do we, where do we look at um, Satan? Some people are, are terrified of him. I mean, paralyzed when it comes to things of Satan. This topic is, don't even talk about it. Like, I don't even want to, no, put that over there. But the more we see also is that in today's culture, it's also something that it's more widely accepted. It's always been accepted, right? And we know that we've had the Salem witch hunts and different things, right? And, and the sorcery and the witches and all these things that have happened in history throughout with different points in history. But... Kids dabble in this all the more. We have Halloween coming up. 
right? And now it, we, we see it all the more. I mean, this, this thing, this, the curiosity of witchcraft and what's, what's, what's there, is it really that evil? You know, it, it's innocent, right? It's just, it's just nothing to be alarmed about. And so what happens is that we downplay, and, it's gonna, and he'll talk about it, but we downplay who Satan is. So to our error, we downplay it. To others, they overplay it. And they give him more credit than he, than he should have. So where is the balance? Where is the, the, the medium here? So we need to look to Scripture, number one. So that's our foundation. What does Scripture say about Satan? And that's where we start. Not my opinion, not Sinclair Ferguson's opinion. What does Scripture say? And then from there, we can start navigating and saying, okay, this is what Scripture says. And by the way, wherever Scripture's silent, we don't need to speculate. We don't need to go ahead and add and say, yeah, but in this movie I saw such and such, or in this documentary, or in this book I read. Guys, you also read many things about heaven in different books. That doesn't mean they're accurate. Some person had a vision and a dream, and I saw myself in, in, in the 10th heaven, you know, and, and all of a sudden, it's not, if it's not in Scripture, this is where we go by Scripture. Okay? So... With that being said, I'm not going to belabor it. We'll, we'll talk about some of these questions now. And uh, it's, it's short. It's about 20 minutes. So go ahead, bro. If we're going to be facing an enemy, he basically gave us an, out, an outline. I'm going, to get, I'm going to put this up here in a second. But basically, it's the nature. I'll jog your memory. The nature of, of the battle. Not the enemy, but the nature of the battle, right? Like any soldier. And we're using military expressions, right? Because we understand that this is warfare, spiritual warfare. And if you've been in the military or have seen military, like you always have, you, have, you have to do a recon, right? You have to go ahead and compile the information. You have to know who you're playing. Um, using sports language, teams watch videotape. They see exactly what, who are their opponents, who are they playing against, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? How do we, uh, ex you know, use our strengths over their weaknesses, right? To exploit those weaknesses, to expose their weaknesses. And likewise, we're in a battle. We can't, we can't just simply uh, neglect the reality that, that none of this is happening. Why? Is it really like that or is it? That's weird. I promise I didn't do anything uh, different. Um, it should be white background. Anyway, it's the nature of the battle. What'd you do? That's the cable? Here. If you want, um, because I'm using this one. Here, take this one off. Okay. And I'll just forward it here. There we go. So, apologize. I'm going to have to use the, the screen here. But So we have the nature of the battle. Then he did, went on to discuss the character of the enemy. right? And we have to know who is this enemy. And then he went on to go ahead and uh, gave us resources. And this is the most, probably the most important part. And when I'm saying the most important part, it's that we can go ahead and know everything about the enemy. We can do our full study on the enemy. But that is not where we should end. The enemy, our knowledge about the enemy is not where we say, okay, that's it, we can go home now. We need to now go back to what? Where do we go back to? Hmm? The word of God. To the Word of God. We go back to the Gospel. 
right? This is exactly what he ended with. If there's anything you take away, it's that you will mess up. You will mess up. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit. The Lord is sanctifying us, and we will mess up. And the point is not for us to go ahead and wallow. Oh, you know, the enemy, and he got down on me. And No, it's go back to the gospel. Go back to your Savior. Run back to the cross. Because that's where we need to be, and that's where we need to live. So that, that's, and, and those are the resources that he, uh, that he has. So the nature of the battle, he goes, where is, a, where is the spiritual battle being fought? In the heavenly places, what he said, right? What does that mean? Where are those heavenly places? I'm sorry? It's a spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. Okay. Are we going to find it on a map? If I pull up Google Maps, am I going to find the, the heavenly places? I'm not going to find it there, am I? You're not going to find it there. So we know that there's a, there's a spiritual world out there. Hence, to my point earlier, especially for those that are, for you young kids, right? The whole occult world is not something just innocent or it's not just something that is, you know what, I need to, I don't need to worry so much about it. Because you may not do it. Your parents may not allow you to do it. But I'm sure you have people that get into it. And it's, it always starts somewhere, right? And those are the things that we need to be aware of. Because it's not innocent. It's real. Demonic forces are at play. It's the reality of the world that we live in. And that's exactly, and I love how he says it, right? It's in the heavenly places. Um, we're, we are living in enemy-occupied territory, right? That's exactly where we're living. Territory that's been occupied by the enemy. So, any questions here? I mean, this is, I'm opening it up. I don't want to, I'm not here to re rehash everything, but just kind of give us, do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? Do you guys have questions? Go ahead and, and, and open up, uh, you have a comment. Yeah. Right, and now, and now you're, and you're using more, now you're speaking more, a little bit more to the, um, to the other part, which is the nature, right? The nature of, it's kind of the nature and the resources, because now we're dealing with precisely truth, right? Which is the Word of God, which you're saying truth versus deception. And that's, and that's the, the part that we have to, and we're going to speak to that in a second, so I'm not going to address it right now, but I'll get to that in a second to kind of go in order. But, um, and when is the enemy likely to engage in battle? What was that? Oh, everybody spoke up on that one. It's like, you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. Okay, so I'll start over here. Anybody? 24-7. He doesn't stop. Okay. When you're weak, brother? Okay, every attack is not sane. Okay. Some of you are being attacked right now. <laughs> you're, you're thinking about, where am I going to go for lunch today? What are we saying? What else? Yep. And so, in, in essence, uh, you're, you're, you're really saying, right? It's, when does he have effect? When can that impact us when we're weak? A lot of times we know that you need to talk to a brother, and, um, and, and it's tough, right? Because when you're, if you're, if you're someone, for instance, working graveyard shift at a hospital, right, your body's not meant, it's, it's not, 
wired to be working graveyard, right? And if you're working at a hospital or you're police, law enforcement, you're working patrolling at night, you come in, I mean, you're tired and you come in in the morning and all of a sudden your body's already kind of like, it's meant to shut down during the night, you're awake during the day, right? Now you've inverted those things. So if you're really tired and you're exhausted and you've been up for 12, 14 hours straight, you know, your mind is weak, it's very likely that you're going to go ahead and thoughts that come in, and that's precisely what he was saying, right? We're going to get into the nature is these thoughts that come in randomly. Some of you know what that's like, right? You've been praying, and all of a sudden you get distracted, and your mind starts going and starts venturing off, and you're like, how, how am I thinking these things as I'm praying? Like, where did that thought come from? And it, and it happens because, again, it's spiritual in nature, right? And so those are the things that we need to be aware of, and sometimes we can succumb to those things, and our weaknesses, right? So you had, you had, a, you had your hand up, brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not Job, right? Have you seen my righteous brother, my righteous son, John, you know, and uh, go after him, you know? I mean, <laughs> hopefully not, because I don't want God to send a saying right after me, I honestly. Um, but we're not Job. And, and yeah, to your point, right? But there's demonic forces at, at work, at play. Right, he is, and, and I thank you for bringing that point up because it's something that we need to be, he's not omnipresent. And we're going to get to this in a second, right? He, he's at work, I mean, th this is his world, in a sense, right? This is his world, this is his territory. He's been given that freedom. Now, how much can he do? We're going to go ahead and, and get there in a second, but, but he's limited in his power. He is, not the, he is not the opposite of Jesus, right? These are not these two opposite forces constantly colliding, you know, and hashing it out and... That's not, that's not what Scripture paints at all. As a matter of fact, Scripture says he's already been judged. He's already been judged. Where is his end? Where is Satan going to end up? In the lake? Lake of fire. Revelation tells us that. John writes that in Revelation. His end is in the lake of fire. Now. Now. Of course, and so there's this, there's this play, at, there's this desire to go ahead and pull back, right? To, to want to thwart. Jesus ta talks about it, you know. Trying, why are you trying to make crooked the, the straight paths of the Lord? That's, because that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's always trying to go ahead and, and get us into these terms. When the, the path of the Lord is straight. It's really simple, isn't it? But we complicate things, and the enemy has that effect. Now, um, to move along, the character of our enemy. So how do we deal with this spiritual enemy? We can't ignore the fact that there's a battle. We're aware that there's a battle. I don't think anybody, and if anyone disagrees, by all means, you can go ahead and say that, and we can, we can have that discussion. You disagree? Okay. <laughs> what are you saying, brother? I'm all alone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right, and so how do we deal with the spiritual enemy? We deal with the spiritual enemy spiritually. I'm not going to go ahead and put boxing gloves on there to, to, to beat a spiritual enemy because it's not going to do anything. I'm not going to go learn uh, BJJ and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's not going to do anything. But the tools that the Lord has given us is prayer. Predominantly prayer. Because there's nothing in and of ourselves that we have to go, to go up against this, this, this evil one. What do we have? Who do you have? You have the Holy Spirit in you. Right? Praise the Lord, if you're in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, but, Lord, I'm holding on to you. Right? You're, you're the one. You're the, 
it's all of you at the end of the day. Even the archangel, what did the archangel say? Archangel, or the archangel Michael? Yeah, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Absolutely. And, and so these are the things that we need to be aware of, right? And part of his character is not... So we know it's spiritual in nature, right? You're not going to see him just floating around. Ah, there he is. There he just went. And you're not going to do that. But now what role does he play? What role does the evil one play? We said it earlier, right? He's a lion looking to devour. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, that, it's, the, it's that boss. It's that boss that just is on top of you, right? It's, the per, it's that co-worker that you're just, that family member that you're just like, Lord, why did you put them in my life, right? We know who those people are. You might be that person, by the way. But, but this is the reality. And so the Lord, yeah, the Lord works in those areas. But we have to remember that, yes, the enemy has, has, that, has that way of working another. One thing we have to remember is that God is not the only one that has children. Right? You know who else has children? The evil one. Scripture says that he's the what? The father of lies. He even says those that are not of God are ultimately what? Who's your father? God is not your father. Satan is your father. So those that are not in Christ, by default, fall into the other category. There's not a middle category, an in-between category. Either you're of God, or you're under His control. That's it. This is why Scripture tells us that when we come to Christ, we've been transferred from where? From the kingdom of darkness into where? Into the kingdom of light. That's why Scripture uses that, that, that imagery. Because we have to remember that we've been transferred. We're no longer under this kingdom of darkness where we, li- where we used to live. Now we've been transferred into this kingdom where now we know who, who our head is. And who's your head? Christ. Christ is our head. And so that's the beauty of knowing that, yeah, the enemy, he's spiritual, he's a deceiver, he's the accuser of their brother, and it's been said earlier, right? Should we speak of our enemy nonchalantly? What do I mean by that? Is he just, eh, just the enemy, the evil? No biggie, right? I mean, after all, Jesus already defeated him at the cross, right? I mean, we have to worry about. Hmm? He's still deceiving. He's still deceiving. It's what he said, right? You should have one eye open. I always use a kind. It's a different context, right? It's, uh, most of you know. No, no offense, eh? she's not here. Uh, against our Colombian brethren, but we know the majority of where the drugs come from, right? And now it's a, a lot of places. But, you know, in, in Colombia, there's the drug wars and arcs and all these things. But they always say, there's always this joke, man. You know, a Colombian always sleeps with one eye open. Sorry, my brother. No, I, I, <laughs> but it's not, it, they always say that. Now, I see that's a contest because they're always doing illegal activity. Brother, you know, sometimes we, for us in our circles, it's like, yeah, we're, we're completely like, you know what? I don't care. No, be aware now. There's a balance. The Lord has given us rest. That doesn't mean that we need to be awake and we need to be now, you know, is he going to come at any moment through my, through my window? What, what is he going to do tomorrow? How is the enemy going to go ahead and attack me? And no. The Lord has given us peace 
We know the one who overcame the world. Greater is he in you than who? Than he who's in the world. So we hold on to those truths. This is where Scripture, this is why Scripture is so important. Going to your point, the truth. Because psychology, any, any philosophy, right? This is uh, what Edwin's point was last week. Any philosophy that is not, it can hold us captive. Yeah, maybe psychology wasn't at play back then, but they had other philosophers, right? And psychology is another philosophy. It's another way to handle our mental instability, which we know as sin. It's just the reality of it. Now, do we go running to all the philosophers and we start running, reading all the philosophy books? And No, we hold on to Scripture. This is precisely why I, didn't, I never proceeded with a master's in psychology. As much as I would have liked to in counseling and all this, I never did. Be, why? Because I, it was a moment where I recall, it's like, hey, you have my word in your possession. There's nothing that psychology can teach you. Now, there may be things that may be helpful, like in anything else, right? There are things in other, that, that in terms of like modality, things that may help you for people that have, that have experienced trauma, rape victims, people that have uh, uh, bereavement, you name it. There's ways to process those things, right? And, you know, of course, we always anchor it in truth. But that doesn't mean that we go ahead and that, that's not where truth is found. So to your point, yes, psychology is not meant to replace the Word of God. Unfortunately for us, many times, because it seems innocent, it seems good, we, we go ahead and we just... Uh, so now this goes to the point, which is the final one, which is the resources for victory, right? The gospel. The resources are already ours. The resources are yours in Christ. Mm -hmm. Great question. Any? There we go. Troy, are you talking from uh, our expert witness here? Go ahead, Troy. <laughs> and it's the same way, right? I, and they really don't need any help, right? I mean, our sinful nature is already, <laughs> they already have an advantage in the fact that we have our sinful nature and that we act according to a to our sin sometimes. We give in, whether it's weakness, whatever it is, we give in to those moments. The moment that you speak very rudely to your child or to your spouse. Where does that come from? Oh no, the devil made me speak rudely? No, that was you. <laughs> you said that. I said that, yes. And I have to own up to it. I can't go to the Lord and say, oh well, the enemy put that thought in my head and I just acted upon it. No, I'm responsible. But it's in my nature, and the enemy just, you know, uses already what's in me to go ahead and, and get it out there. And I, of course, there's moments when, and that's why the Bible says be slow to speak and quick to hear. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hold on to that truth. I, I rolled with the punches, and I wanted to get dirty in the mud, you know, and, and that's when I end up paying for it. And I know we're almost out of time, so I'm going to be quick. The last points, go ahead. But, but I think... No, what, I, what I'm simply... And I know, allow me to say... I will never send my child to a psychologist in the sense of it's going to be a biblical counselor, which is, and that, that's a distinction. I don't send someone that's not going to point my children to the gospel and to the truth. That's, that's a distinction. And so we're using psychology and biblical counseling interchangeably, and they're not interchangeable. There's a big difference between someone that is able to say, I can go ahead and point you to truth. Now, I can understand why you're trauma. I can understand why you're going what you're going through. 
But let me point you to the truth of Scripture. Versus someone that's just going to go ahead and say, yeah, but you know what? You need, you need more self-esteem. You need to go ahead and just pick yourself up by your moral bootstraps and just, you know, work a little harder. Because Scripture doesn't teach that. It goes to the, it's, an, it's not what Scripture teaches, right? And so I think that's the distinction. When we use psychology, now, can a biblical counselor use certain psychology, psychological things in, in terms of, well, yes, but that is, again, just being a psychologist and being, that's not going to point them to Scripture and truth, I would, I as a pastor would not counsel anybody, just go to a psychologist and let them, let them you know, have, no, I would not do that. Not even with my own children, because it has to be someone that has to be equipped to point them to truth. Of course. No, no. And, and I apologize if I, mis- if I communicated that. That's not my intention, but that's not my, that's not my intention. However, not all biblical counselors are equal. And I'll put that out there. If all of a sudden you want to start using, uh, I don't know, um, some movie to kind of, you know, bring about, you know, uh, why you're dealing with what you're doing, because I've heard it. I've heard it. No. I'm sorry. You're not going to go ahead and use, uh, what's the movie with uh, Neo? um, Matrix, uh, Matrix, you know, and use the Matrix all of a sudden to work on you. I'm sorry. You know, oh, you took the red pill and the blue pill. You know, no, 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 no. Tell me what Scripture says. Your anxiety is not going to be solved with medication. Your anxiety is going to be solved in the gospel. Now, are there other things that can be used for anxiety? Of course, yes. But you have to be grounded in truth. And we'll move on from this. No. And And to quickly move on, I know we're already out of time, so... This is the most important part. It's the armor. And you have to know what the armor is. The armor's already been given to us. You don't have to search for it. The armor's already ours in Christ. Where he's talking about, again, this Isaiah, the breastplate of righteousness and this armor, that's the, the passage of Isaiah is, is coming from this, in Isaiah 59. That's where you're going to find. And again, it's not about the Roman soldier. I've heard it before. Yeah, you know, the Roman soldier had this, the Roman soldier had that. There's one that wore it on our behalf and wore it well, and that's Christ. He, is not, he doesn't just wear a belt of truth. He is truth. So we can go to him. He is our righteousness. Those are the, that's what you have to remember when you're being attacked or when you feel that, that oppression, that spiritual warfare coming down. You have to remember, he is my righteousness. What do you do when the enemy is focusing on your guilt within? Right? That's the hymn that he's talking about. You just tell him, oh, I'm going to try a little bit harder? Going back, oh, my psychologist told me to say that. No, I look up and I see him there. You look to Christ. It's always look to Christ. And the shoes of gospel of peace, it's that stability that we have and that the gospel provides. So what do we do when we fail? We remember that we have forgiveness in Christ and grace to start over. Amen? I know that these discussions can go on forever, but... Uh, I'll, I'll end here with prayer. If you have any other questions, by all means. If there's something I said that's questioned, by all means, bring it up to me and we'll, we can uh, handle it after. All right? Father, we, uh, as we go about, Lord, we know that our worship has not ended. We continue worshiping you now, Father, in our discussions, in our, in our break time, just to edify one another, to point each other to Christ, to pray for one another. Father, that you would give us the heart to, to ask each other, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? 
to be those brothers and sisters, the body that you've called us to be, to care for one another and pray for one another and lift each other up to carry each other's burdens. We're not omniscient, Father, and so we need to ask and help us to do so, to help, help us to get out of our comfort zones. And Father, in terms of this lesson, I, I pray, Lord, that you would remind us, Lord, that Christ has already won the battle. And though we live in an enemy-occupied territory, that's all he can do is roar. There's nothing else he can do for those that are in Christ. And Father, help us to share the gospel, that those that are still living in the kingdom of darkness, that by your grace and your mercy may be transferred to the kingdom of light. Be pleased to use us, Father. And may our hearts and our minds be firmly rooted in the gospel and in your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.